This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Glorious Dios for all of my Spanish-speaking friends. Buenos dias for all our Jewish-speaking friends. Bocato, which is good morning. So again, you're learning a lot here. I'm just kidding. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. Our ushers will get you one, then we're going to jump right into the Word. We're going to be in Psalms all morning, okay? The whole morning. So I encourage you to get your Bible, get your pens ready. Again, the Word of God has the ability to challenge us. It has the ability to correct us. It has the ability to uplift us when we embrace it. So welcome the Word of God today. And as you're turning to Psalms 33 is where we'll begin we're going to learn the, the significance and the importance of learning the fear of God. Now, I want to highlight that, to learn the fear of God. You know, the fear of God can be learned. And so part of the fear of God is those who fear God will tremble at his word. And so again, when we talk about the fear of God, the fear of God shows up in my life, not just in my actions, but also in my attitude. So the word of God is going to be incredible today, I promise you. Uh, Psalm chapter 33, verse 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Now, when I read this, if we kept going, you'd see God spoke the world into existence. We know that in Genesis 1, and God said, and God said. So he said here, let all the earth fear the Lord. So there's something within the earth when God designed it that will fear the Lord. The, the lilies of the field will clap their hands. There's stuff, even I believe the ocean, its roar is to fear God. So he says here, again, the start, let all the earth fear the Lord. But then the next sentence he says, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. All the inhabitants of the world, that we would stand in a reverential fear before him. Now, when I read that, I, I believe God put that within every one of our DNA, that it's in there. Sometimes it just needs to be woke up to say, you know what, Lord, I, I desire to live with a fear for you, just to stand in awe of you, a, a reverence. You know, it'd be like if the president walked in here right now, we would all stand in awe. We would, whether you like him or not, you would still stand in awe. But do I give the Lord Jesus that? Do I stand in awe of him? I just stand in awe of you, Lord. Go with me to Psalms 34, the very next psalm. Very familiar psalm. But we're going to, for time's sake, jump to verse 7. Now listen to this real close. The angel of the Lord, or in camps, in circles, all around those who fear him. Now, when I begin to look at uh, that, okay. So when I live with the reverential fear for God, it's like a magnet to the angels. And he said here, the person that fears God, man, the angels will encamp around about him. And he ends in verse 7, and he says, and an added, bo an added bonus He'll either deliver, even deliver them. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I like the thought that the angels are encircled about me and he delivers me. 
And I believe when we get to heaven, it's going to be shocking to me and you how many days the angels encircled around us and we didn't even know it. We're going to look and say, oh my gosh, thank you, Father God, for the protection. Now again, this is a blessing that I forfeit if I don't fear God. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The word taste there means to discern, to perceive. It, it means the actual testing of good. So he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him or puts his trust in him. Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. So if I believe that I'm a saint of God, I believe I'm a child of God, the, the, the view of that would be, I should fear God. There's something that, that goes with the fear of God here, even in the sense of God. So when you look at that, there's, there's more to just saying I'm a child of God. I live out the fear of God. And so he said, the fear of God, man, will, will be part of the saints of God. And he says, there is no want, there is no need, there is no deprivation to those who fear him. But if I don't fear him, then there'll be want, there'll be lack. So we begin to read into this. Verse 10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. Even the strong will grow weak. But those who seek the Lord, those who inquire the Lord, shall not lack any good thing. So even in this, he, he's talking about the part of the fear of the Lord is, and I got to look to God. I trust God. Verse 11. Ooh, powerful verse here, okay? Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now, King David is the, the, the psalmist here, and he tells us here, the fear of the Lord can be learned. And it's like he's telling me and you, come on now, come on. Once you get the fear of God, that's all you're going to need. But you need to learn what it means to fear the Lord. And so I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So we begin to see here again that the fear of the Lord can be taught. It can be learned. Man, I got to be open to that. Say, Father God, I, I welcome your fear today. Turn to the 112th Psalm. Now, I had to be choosy on this because you would be shocked how many references just in Psalms alone have the phrase, the fear of the Lord. It's massive. Psalms 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So there's a blessing again attached to this. Who delights greatly in his commandments. Now, when you look at the word delight, it means he takes pleasure. It means to cherish. It means to love and des desire. So part of the, the way you show you fear the Lord is not just that I obey God's commandments, but he used the incredible word here, there. He said, he who delights 
in the commandments of God. So let me ask you something. Do you delight in the commandments of God? Or do you look at God's commandments as restrictions? Something happens when I begin to say, I delight in your word. Oh, taste and see, delight in his word. Now, watch what happens when I obey the fear of the Lord and delighting in his commandments. Verse two, his descendants shall be mighty on the earth. His offspring shall be mighty on the earth. Let me ask you something. Who is his? The man or woman that fears God. Something is handed down to your children when you fear the Lord and you delight greatly in his commandments. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse three, wealth and riches will be in his house. Who's his house? The person that fears God and delights greatly in his commandments. So when I don't obey the word of God, when I don't fear him and I don't delight in his commandments, I forfeit this right here, riches and wealth. And his righteousness endures forever. So reading through this, the blessings of verse two and blessings of verse three don't happen unless I obey verse 1. See, it's one thing to obey God. It's another thing to delight in obeying Him. Now, I want you to go to Psalms 128, the 128th Psalm. And this will be the last Psalm we're at today. Now, as I get ready to take you here, you're going to see that the fear of the Lord is tied to almost every area of your life. Psalms 128, there's only six verses. These verses are loaded with stuff, okay? So when you begin to hear what's going to take place here through the Word of God, you're either going to say amen or you're going to say oh me. So we begin. Psalms 128, verse 1. Pastor, thank you for warning us. You're welcome. The subtitle of Psalm 128 said, Blessings of those who fear the Lord. So blessings, they just don't happen. When I walk in the blessings, there's reason. So he starts blessed. The very first word he uses is blessed. How joyful. Now I don't know about you, but I love to read the scriptures and hear about the blessings. The word blessed itself means happy, fortunate, and to be envied. So he said, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. So there is a blessing that is attached when I fear God. And he said, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. He's talking about not just the priest and the prophet, but everyone. You know what that means? Every one of us here have the same opportunity to walk under these blessings if I fear God. So when I fear God, the fear of God 
makes me and you an equal opportunity employer to him. And he's like, have at it. You want to walk in the blessings? Then learn to fear me. So he said, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who takes him seriously. The end of verse 1. Who walks in his ways, who follows God, who lives according to his commands, that I align my actions, my thoughts, and my words accordingly. That when I live with the, will, the word of God, I follow God's ways. It's a sincere conviction and a sincere commitment to God. And because of that, my life and my home will either be heavenly or it'll be hectic. You get to decide. Now, when he reads in here and he says, who walks in his ways, many times as Christians, we don't like God at full price. What do you mean? Sometimes we get a little picky and choosy. We kind of look at God's commands as multiple choice. And so I don't want God at full price. But many times when God starts costing me fully to obey his word like he desires me, we rethink it. We back out and we're like, I don't want to do this. So when that begins to happen with us as, as believers, as saints, we live our lives kind of like a spare tire. What do you mean by that? Well, when's the only time in your life you need a spare tire? When I have a blowout. When my tire gets a nail and I start to deflate and it's almost like, God, pick me back up. But the big one with the spare tire is I don't need, I don't need the spare tire. I don't need God until I'm in a place of an emergency. And so when you look at what he's talking about here, man, something happens when we fear God and we walk in his ways. Now listen real close to that. I fear God and I walk in his ways. Remember at the end of Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, when Solomon said, here's the conclusion. Fear God and obey his commandments. Fear God and obey his commandments. And then we go back to the great man of God that we've just talked about, the, the, the pastor Jim Baker, who had everything. And then he lost everything. And remember, the minister asked him and said, Reverend Baker, when did you fall out of love with God? And he said, I never quit loving Jesus. I just quit fearing him. And so when you look at this, this is what happens. I got to continue to fear him. And the way my fear is revealed is the way I obey him, not just in my actions, but my attitudes. Now, get ready, okay? You better click the seatbelt. Verse 2. When you eat the labor of your hands. This is stated better when you eat the fruit of your labor. You know, the fruit of your labor is tied to the fear of God. That my labor that I do in this life 
it reveals my sacred character. So when I use the word labor, what does labor mean? Work. We were all called on this place to labor. We were called to work. And without my labor and my work, I don't have any value or I don't have any purpose. Now, it's interesting that he said he tied this to the fear of God. So the fear of God shows up in my labor, not just in my action, but also in my attitude. The fear of God in my labor does not mean I just punch a clock, doesn't just mean I show up to work, but that labor, the fruit of it, is revealed by my work ethic. So years ago, I had a tendency at my job to begin to bellyache a little. And the Lord would say to me, I don't deal with you in reference to these other people. I deal with you pertaining to you. In other words, I don't care what everybody else is doing, I'm talking to you. So I hear this story about this man and he gets a job at night. He's working the night shift from 10 at night to seven in the morning. They load boxes of parcel and stuff that's coming in all night. He said the night shift he's on, there's 10 other guys working with him. So he said he'd been there about two weeks and he began to notice how the, the procedure went where he was working. Now, every night, which would literally be early in the morning, they would get a lunch break or you could call it a, a breakfast break. So this is how it would look like. At two in the morning, this one person, let's just say, at two in the morning, I would go in and I would punch out for my lunch break. At three in the morning, Gloria would come in, she would punch out but she would punch me back in. And then at four in the morning, Israel would show up and he would punch out, but he would punch Gloria back in. But when he would punch us back in, we wouldn't go back to work. They were spending three and four hours a night sleeping on the job. So the big wig comes to this man and he says to him, now you've been here a couple weeks. He said, you've probably seen what's going on. And he said, all you got to do is start punching out and we'll punch you back in. And he said, you can get two or three hours of sleep. Well, this man looked at him and said, no, I can't do that. He said, I'm a man of God. And he said, whatever you guys do is between you and God. And he said, I'm just going to tell you right now, I will not participate in that, but I want you to know, I won't think you guys off either. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. After six weeks, they show up one night. They're at 10 o'clock to start their shift. And all of a sudden, the big wig walks in. And he said, I want all of you to sit down. And when they all sit down, he tells this one guy, he says, you come up here with me. Well, this guy comes up there with him and he introduced him and says, you guys think this is so-and-so, that's not who this is. This guy is my right-hand guy. I hired him to come in here to watch what all you guys were doing day after day. And so the guy that he hired to go in there to watch him, he looked at this one and said, you're done, you're done, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. 
And he looked at the man who feared God and he said, and you? I saw you wouldn't participate what everybody else is doing. He said, I'm going to actually promote you right now. And not only am I going to promote you, I'm going to give you a three times raise what you used to have. So all the other men could say, well, he fired me. No, he didn't fire you. You fired yourself. And this is what this is talking about. That when I go to work and I only work hard when the boss is there, God sees And so what ultimately happens with people that begin to cheat even in their labor, they become upset and they become agitated. And before long, they complain, they bellyache, and they become critical. And you're saying, Pastor, you are describing me. Am I? See, we want the blessings of God. But I don't want to work hard. Something happens when the fear of God shows up. And it's interesting to me right here. He says, when you eat the labor of your hands, watch what happens here. Look at the end of verse 2. You shall be happy, 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 and it shall be well with you. And you're saying, I'm not happy, happy, happy. I'm miserable, miserable. Well, you got two choices. Start working with the fear of God or get a new job. We got quiet in this Episcopalian church. This is tied to the fear of God, guys. Not just in my actions, but my attitude. I've had to have God deal with me in this area. Verse 3. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. What the crud is that? I've never looked at Shelly and said, Oh, baby, you're a fruitful vine. It's talking about a fruitful grapevine. And a fruitful grapevine becomes very lush. It becomes blessed. That right there in your home, because of the fear of God, your wife is fruitful. Now I got to point out the opposite of that. If you don't live with the fear of God, she's going to be unfruitful. And if mama ain't happy, the rest of the house is going to be miserable too. That's Proverbs 33, 33. Just kidding, okay. Listen to what he says here. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Do you know what this is birthed off of? When we fear God and we obey and delight in his commands, God says, you're you're married, your wife, you're going to be so blessed. Well, I, I want my life to be blessed. I want my wife to be happy and fruitful, but I don't want to obey God. So guess what I've done? I've, I've forfeited that blessings because I don't want to live with a reverential fear of God. Father God, I honor you. I thank you for blessing my home. Now watch. It doesn't quit. Your children will be like olive plants. What the crud is that? Does that mean they're going to eat us out of house and home? Well, that's going to happen, okay? 
but that's not exactly the meaning. When I studied right here that the olive plants, it says the olive plant is incredibly unique because the olive plant never changes from season to season. It's always green and always fruitful. And he said, your children will be like olive plants. You know why? Because your home understands the fear of God. God, your first place. But it doesn't end there. The last part of verse 3. All around your table. So I dig at this and think, okay, what does all this mean? All around my table. Your children will sit at your table all around it. And when they're well-mannered, it becomes a joy because at your table, it is a place where, where you fellowship, you communicate, you set their conscience to the things of God instead of allowing the world to set their conscience. So I'm in Israel four years ago. I get to go to a Jewish house to eat. It was incredible. It was, just, it was just incredible. You know why I say that? There wasn't a TV on. There was not any music blaring. This one's going to hurt. Nobody was on the phone doing this. It was a time of communication and fellowship. And what begins to happen there is they impart the things of God into their children. Woo, at your table. Don't let your table sit empty, okay? It's a place where the fear of God is taught to our children. And you get them when they're still in their home and they'll be still impressionable where the things of God will come upon them. You know, the seed of the word of God that's implanted in your children shall not return void. Woohoo! Some of you should have shouted on that. And you say, okay, okay, how do you get the fear of God on this? Well, we started in verse 1, and we saw the fear of God. And right now in verse, verse 4, it's like God says, hey, I got another secret to tell you. Look at verse 4. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So now here we are, three or four verses. He says it again. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Oh, how blessed is the one who fears him. So we know this entire passage in Psalms 128. He's talking about the fear of God. Something happens within our lives, our homes. Now, he doesn't end. Verse 5. The Lord blesses you out of Zion. Sometimes Zion means uh, the presence of God, the glory of God. But the real in-depth meaning of Zion was the sanctuary, the church, the church. The Lord bless you right out of the church. But I just don't come to church. I just don't show up at church. 
God's desire is that we would come to church as a body of believer, as a family, and we would worship. Your family would see you worship. They would see us kneel. They would see us cry out to God and say, Father God, we, we call out to you. And isn't it interesting? He said, right out of Zion, the Lord will bless you. There's a blessing when I come to church with the fear of God and say, Woo, Lord, I'm, I'm going to stand in all of you. And then he says in the same verse, and may you see the good or the prosperity of Jerusalem. The good or the prosperity of Jerusalem. The city of the great king. What does that mean? Well, if you study the Jewish heritage, anytime they had these feasts, they would always go back to Jerusalem. And they would experience the prosperity, the blessings. And I'm telling you, the Jews, they know how to throw down. They party like it's 1999. I mean, it's crazy to watch them. They're passionate about coming to Jerusalem. They're passionate. I mean, when I was on the Temple Mount on that Friday, they were passionate. It's like, we're at Jerusalem. We're at the house of God. So what do I see off of this right here? God wants to bless you spiritually. But some of it has to be tied to the fear of God and the way I obey him. Now look at the end of verse 5, what he says. All the days of your life. That doesn't mean just the weekdays and that doesn't mean just the weekends. It means all the days of your life. That means Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, 24-7, 355 for all your life. That's January through December, year by year, all the days of your life. I'm in, pastor. I'm signing up. I want God to bless me all the days of my life. Are you kidding me? Some of you should have been doing cartwheels. You should have got up and I mean, it's like, I'm in, Father. But he doesn't end there. Verse 6, I said this will impact every area of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. You know what that is? That's a blessing. You know why that's a blessing? Because if you're seeing your children's children, you're going to live a while on this earth. And it's all tied to the fear of God. You'll get to see your children's children. What a blessing. It's all under the roof of the fear of God. Now this happened to me Friday night. I was at a ball game, a football game. I hope none of you saw me on social media. I, I had a pink poncho on. <laughs> pink. Real manly. But you know what? I, I didn't care if it was a rainbow that night. It didn't bother me a bit. I was like, I'm going to stay dry. So there's a picture at the ball game. And I'm studying on this to see your children's children. My mom and dad are there. Me and my siblings were there. My daughter's there. That's grandchildren. My granddaughter's there. To my mom and dad, that's great grandchildren there. And there's a newborn little baby 
that to my mom and dad is great, great grandchildren. Holy birthday cake, Batman. Some of you young ones don't even have a clue what I just said. It's okay. I was at a pastor's conference and this guy was talking and he started talking about how he grew up and he had a a coonskin hat with Davy Crockett. And he said, Davy, Davy Crockett. And all of us in the auditorium said, see, you did it, you did it. What'd you say? King of the wild frontier. I was saying, I was singing. I was like, I know that. I was so proud to know Davy Crockett that. What does that have to do with it? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. What a blessing. What a blessing. And you know what I see all this? It was God's design for us. That he would go right down to parents, to grandkids, to kids, just all the way through. But it was birthed from a house that says, we're going to fear God. We're going to obey his scriptures. And look how he ends in verse 6. Peace be upon Israel. The peace of God. Psalms 122.6 says, pray the peace of Jerusalem. And when we talk about the peace of God, peace doesn't mean no war or bad thing. The peace of God is something that happens on the inside of me that when all hell's broken loose everywhere around me, I still got the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart. Philippians 4.6 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, not for everything, but in everything, with prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses my understanding will guard my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And when I say this, this is a result of the fear of God. And so you don't have to learn to fear God. But when I don't fear God, what blessings am I forfeiting? My job, my work, I'm unhappy. My marriage, unhappy. My children, they're not like olives anymore. And then my relationship with God at the house of God. And I look at all this that took place just through this this one song. And I said, Father, God, help me. I, I want you to draw me closer. I want you to pull me deeper. I I I don't want to stop my level of the fear of God as a kindergartner. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I desire to have a PhD in the fear of God. I want to know you inside and out. I want to know what pleases you and I want to know what displeases you. I want to know, Father God, what makes you tick and what ticks you off. I ask you to pause it with me in reverence of God. So 
I'm going to ask you to stand up right here. Woo! <laughs> Man, you're talking about challenging me this week. Oh my gosh. I didn't challenge you. The Word of God will challenge you, okay? Why don't you bow your head right here? And as we stand before God right now, do I fear God? Do I have any reverential fear of God? Do you have a desire to learn the fear of God? Do you have a desire to stand in awe of Him? Do you have a desire to say, Father God, I, I want to I delight in obeying your commandments. And then if your work ethic hadn't been good, and I'd repent of that and say, Father God, I, I ask you to help me. And I'm not just going to show up and work and punch up. I'm going to show up to work with the spirit of excellence. And even in your marriage. And God wants your home to be lush and your wife to be fruitful. And because she's fruitful, I'm blessed and you're blessed and your children, they're blessed and your grandchildren, you get to see them and we come to the house of God together and the fear of God shows up and we get saved and we get healed, we get filled, we get sealed, all the above. The peace of God comes into our lives again. So if I'm describing you right now in any area and you say, that's me, you've hit me to a T today. That's not me, okay? That's the Holy Spirit. And he's moving in your heart right now. And he's saying, just respond to me. And so as they sing here, I welcome you to come forward individually. I can't ask you to come forward as a family and say, you know what? We're coming to God today. There's going to be a difference in my home. There's going to be a difference in my life. And all the business owners said, Pastor, keep preaching. I want a business full of people that will work hard as unto the Lord. Come on, let's, let's respond to him here today in a way. Deposit within me the fear of God. Go ahead, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.